Hey, it's Gabriel Brown here again with another installation to my podcast on how credit made my imaginations come true. Today, I want to talk about a topic that is really, really uh, something that I hear a lot of business owners struggle with, a lot of um, uh, sole proprietors, independent contractors, realtors, mortgage professionals, and that topic. That topic is they don't feel appreciated. They don't feel appreciated for the services rendered, for the time invested, for the expertise shared, for the insight and the end time information that they were delivering to their clients. I've coined this or heard a phrase coined about this called, I'm not celebrated but I am tolerated. Some people feel tolerated and not celebrated. I used to uh, often feel like, you know, uh, my mom had favorites because I was raised with three brothers and I was the youngest of four. And I noticed my mom seemed to be very appreciative uh, for my other brothers um, doing things for me, with me, to protect me, to uh, help me, and uh, the appreciation uh, was always shared with them uh, about how they took care of me. And I often wonder, well, you know, why, why doesn't my mom celebrate me more? And as I got older, I realized my mom was showing appreciation for my brothers actually being responsible you know taking on more responsibility and she was nurturing them to grow up you know to be men and because I was much younger than my other brothers she was encouraging them inspiring them motivating them to continue to help her and to help me but in reality um my mom always shared as I got older that I was her favorite because I was mostly responsive to her throughout my uh, entire life. I did. I just didn't do it when I was under 18. You know, I've maintained a certain uh, connection and respect for my mom's wishes even to this day. And my other brothers uh, who do uh, respect my mother, but she feels that they they don't listen as much as uh, they used to. So I've become her favorite because I'm very receptive. So what started out in my mind, in my young mind, in my immature mind is uh, I was not being celebrated by my mom as much as my brothers. In fact, I was being celebrated because she used not only her power to protect me, to raise me, to encourage me, to uh, uh, see that I had everything that I needed. Uh, she used my brother's willpower to also offer those things. So I felt really, really uh, loved as a as a uh, you know child uh, growing up, and even uh, to this day, you know I felt the love of my childhood. But how does that translate into business? How does that translate into business? How is it that 
a business owner can feel uh, not celebrated, but tolerated. Well, I'll just be honest with you. Uh, let's do a firsthand example. Um, in 15 years of being in the uh, credit space, 15 years, this is my 15 year anniversary uh, of being in the credit space. I can tell you, I have literally consulted thousands of clients. I have sat and listened to their concerns, their wishes, uh, their pain points, their desires. And some of them uh, didn't sign up for any service. It would take 30, 45 minutes, sometimes an hour to really give a client a real deep dive consultation uh, and to hear out um, in a consultation. You could spend the first uh, 15 minutes giving your spiel, making sure that they understand what you do, how you do it, what you're offering. Um, and then, of course, you have to give them some time to tell you what they want. And so if 15 minutes go by or seven or 10 minutes go by, you doing your spill or your pitch, and then the client takes 20 minutes uh, back and forth with you asking questions, you answering questions and telling you, you know, their, you know, the story that really got them to where they are in front of you and needing your help. Uh, before you know it, 30 or 45 minutes has gone by and you're now looking to close the deal or to influence the client because I believe you know uh, I don't like to use the word closer I like to say I influence clients with options that are uh, multiple choice for them to pick through which are the best options for them so a client could leave and say I'll think about it now they called you they researched you they came to an appointment you spent 45 minutes with them and they've had this problem for many years, many months, or for an extended period, and they say, I wanna think about it. And you think, well, what is there to think about? You know, you need this, you said you needed this. And they leave. And then you follow up with them, and they sign up with another company for the same service, and you think, wow, you know, uh, they could at least, uh, you know, give you another shot and said, hey, I'm thinking about going to this other company, you know, and I uh, just want to let you know this is the reason why or whatever. And you think about that in your mind. That's how you would like to see it go. But that's not how it typically goes. OK, so that client will leave. And after seeing that happen, you can start to feel that you're not appreciated or the time that you spent with all these clients, they didn't appreciate it. They weren't grateful. That's not what it is. Okay. And in most cases, um, when clients go to another uh, business for the same service, it could be pricing. It could be distance. They could live closer to that business. Okay. Um, it could be a myriad of things, but Sometimes I've also noticed those same clients will come back to our office because after being in business 15 years, there's only uh, a handful of companies in the state of Nevada and the city of Las Vegas that actually have a license to do uh, credit repair. OK, and so after that client goes to that 
other company. I've seen this happen time and time and time again. They didn't get the results they wanted, so they come back to you and they complain about the other service provider. And then they finally sign up with you. But now they're doing business with you, but they're doing it from a place that they're anxious. They've wasted months of working with another company. Now they're anxious for you to not only overturn their emotions of feeling jilted by another company or feeling that their money was wasted and their time was wasted, but now the time that they need to get you to get or render service or give service or get them the results that they're looking for, they're now pressuring you. So you deliver. You deliver as you're as you're uh, engaged to do, as you're paid to do. You deliver the best that you can and you document in short order how well you've delivered your services. And the client seems wanting of more. More service, more free service, to be specific. So you say, okay, uh, let's come up with a discounted package and get you a, a little bit more service, right? Because what happens is, is when you're, when you're good at what you do, your customers get drunk on the results. <laughs> I hate to use that analogy uh, in the public domain, but I say it a lot in the office. Customers really get drunk on the results. Oh, wow, it really did work. You guys are good. Can you do more? And they go from having no results to just wanting to see some results to wanting perfect credit, meaning they want everything removed, 100%. And you've said it in your performance agreement that you can't guarantee that. You've said it in your uh, phone consultation before they showed up for the in-person consultation. You've said it in your presentation. And they still desire perfect credit from you and if you can potentially get them there you got to be careful though because uh, sometimes you can overwork a client's file if they believe you can get them there they'll sign up again but it's a diminishing return at that point because now what's happening is in their minds that you're going to get them the perfect credit but no matter how many times you've said you'll you'll try to get a little bit more results, but they, more than likely they're not going to leave a perfect credit. They then somewhere along the lines, and I've seen it over and over and over again, they turn on you as if you've taken advantage of them because their perception of great results that you've given them it's not that those results are great, they're average. But in comparison to what they got from another company, which was nothing, and they were so vehemently explaining how the other company didn't do anything. Do you realize that these people, in the face of the facts about how well you've done for them, 70, 80, 90% deletion of all the negative notations on their credit reports, and you documented in an exit interview and a spreadsheet showing them the results. You then ask, how do you feel about these results? 
and they begrudgingly speak under their breath that the results are okay. They're all right. I wish this, I wish that would have happened. And then you remind them, well, sir, ma'am, you went to another company before you came to us and you got no results out of your own mouth. You said they did nothing for you. And they go, yeah, I know. But your services cost a little more than theirs. And then you say what you consider a factual response. Well, you got what you paid for over there. You said you got nothing. And you came here and you got 70, 80, 90% deletion. And you wasted time over there, which you can't get back. And here you made time because our service is only four months. You said you spent eight to 12 months with the other company. Don't you see the value in your time and these results over the money you've invested? Not that you spent, but invested. And they actually get bitter because you've explained so succinctly what they said and what they experienced in comparison to what they now have. And it becomes almost competitive that they don't want you to be right, but you're the person or the company they sought out for the help. That has happened. I can't even count the number of times. And so then... You, you reach out to them later to do a follow-up to ask, is there anything else, any other questions before you close the file? And then, of course, you ask that uh, they write a review for you for the great results. They will not write a review for you. Or if they do write a review, they write it in the way that they almost feel like you didn't give them what they deserved. And the company that gave them no results, they never write a review about them. They never say anything about that. There's almost like clients have in their mind a certain amount of money that they'll just throw out of the window in an attempt to see if something works and don't care about it. And then there's another amount of money in their mind that they are emotionally attached to. That if they spend that amount of money, somehow it changes them. It makes them very, very anxious. It makes them very bitter. It makes them very, um, uh, it makes their opinions colored. Their perceptions become colored where they can't agree with what they've received or they can't appreciate what they've received because they're so wrapped up in the money. I'll give you an example, um, a personal example. When I went to the Porsche dealership to buy a Porsche, I bought a Porsche. It was sizable amount of money. It was about a hundred and... 30,000. Well, 
about 15 years prior to that, uh, I owned a Mercedes S55 AMG, um, you know, the four door, uh, and uh, it was about the same amount of money. I had an experience with buying a car 15 years ago that was the same value or price as the Porsche I was actually shopping for now. So I wasn't anxious. I didn't have any, you know, uh, emotional turmoil inside. I, I felt comfortable. I bought the Porsche. But after having the Porsche for about five years, I had a milestone in my life and my birthday came and a doctor friend of mine invited me to the dealership to uh, celebrate him buying an R8 Audi. Very nice car. Um, and I went to the dealership to celebrate with him. And the salesman was such an intuitive and really, really dialed in uh, young, uh, uh, you know, very well spoken you know, uh, sales manager, he said to me, I have the perfect car for you. And I said, well, no, I'm not here to look at cars. I want to here to support my friend and celebrate his purchase. Uh, maybe some other time. So my friend, uh, when I left the dealership, cause I had to go back to the office, my friend gave him the salesman, my number, the sales manager, my number, uh, the dealership was only a half a mile from my office. So the salesman continued to call me. I figured we could partner up. We, he could send us clients. I could send him clients. And a few of the people at the dealership were actually past clients of our office. So I went to see him. Now for five years after having the Porsche, I had a photograph of a Lamborghini on my mirror in all my bathrooms at my home. A convertible Lamborghini. And uh, when I went to see this gentleman uh, at the dealership to give him some business cards, he says, I got the perfect car for you and I've had it in the back for you since you left last. And I want to show it to you. And what do you think he pulled around to show to me? A convertible Lamborghini. Now, I hadn't shared this with anyone, but people in my household, none of my family members, none of my employees, none of my um, my friends. And when he pulled it around, I felt a certain synchronicity. I felt that, oh, it was time. And uh, so I gave the guy five lines on a credit application and left. I didn't ask him the price of the car or anything because I wasn't in my mind ready to buy the car. But, in you know, my inner man wanted the car because I had said this was something that would make me happy. So this guy kept calling me and pursuing me to come see the car and drive the car after he got me approved, pulled my credit and said, man, you're approved. Well, I had 800 credit scores, so I knew, but I didn't go. I was wrestling with what I wanted, what I was looking for, what I was yearning for. It was now in front of me. Now I'm wrestling with receiving it, even though it's the perfect timing and it, it, it happened in a very organic way. Uh, the, the gentleman, I really liked him. He was very spiritual, 
world well versed. He was the kind of guy that could sell me a car. But I was wrestling with the car was a little bit more than the Porsche. It was a little bit more than I was used to used to paying for cars. But it was what I wanted. Okay, so finally I go by and see the guy and I'm embarrassed because one, I don't know how to drive a Lamborghini. And the guy's like, let's take a test drive. So I wasn't honest to tell him I didn't know how to drive it. Okay, now I'm going to weave this back in with the customer. Okay, being celebrated or tolerated. Give me a moment. So I go to the dealership. I tell him to show me how the car runs and he six positioned the car. He took me for a drive. I was in the passenger seat feeling like this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. But I didn't know how to drive, but I didn't share with him. So I said, well, listen, I got to get back to the office. This is kind of how customers sit and listen to your presentation. See your proof books with thousands of clients before and after credit reports. Feel so good about you, the way you explained it, the way your your business is set up and they run off. They have to think about it. Okay, because the price is something they're yearning, but they want what they came to get and they've seen it. They've yearned it. They've had it on their vision board. They want these this this stuff on their credit cleaned up so they can buy the house, buy the car. But they've never uh, felt like the service that they're uh, that they're looking to get, which is credit repair, is worth more than what in their mind is a fee that is worthy of paying for credit repair. So they go to all these, you know, 99 cent store credit repair companies and they don't get any results. So they have this colored idea of the entire industry and they're yearning and yearning to get their credit fixed. They try themselves and they're on blogs. They're looking at YouTube videos and they can't seem to get it done. So they just can't let themselves have what they feel right about, which is to sign up with you. And that's how I felt why this young man was driving me around in the car and calling me for weeks until I finally went to the dealership and got out of my own way, and I signed up for the car. Okay, I signed, got great interest rate, payment, everything was great. I didn't know at the time that you can take a supercar or one of these high-performance cars and get a longer term on the loan. And so the payment actually worked out to be a payment that I was familiar with, and the guy just made everything work. But guess what? I was still too ashamed to tell him I couldn't drive the car. So after buying the car and taking all the paperwork, he said he was going to get the car cleaned up and and have it ready for me in about an hour. I left and went back to the office and I left the car at the dealership for 60 days after I'd already signed up for it. My first payment came in the mail before I even got the courage to go pick my my Lamborghini up from the dealership. The guy put a car cover on the Lamborghini, a summer car cover. It came with, he got me two car covers and he kept it in the back. My friend who bought the R8 kept going to the dealership, getting paperwork and tags and 
and and the salesman said or sales manager said where is your buddy he bought the lamborghini but he won't come pick it up i avoided my friend so he wouldn't know what it was and then finally i shared this story with another sales manager at another dealership and he said brother you can go to the high performance racing track here in las vegas and you can drive lamborghinis and i went and drove lamborghinis and then I finally went and picked up my Lamborghini from the dealership. Now, after all that that sales manager did for me, my shame, my inner turmoil, my inner doubt, my challenges tainted the process, colored the process, caused me to seem unappreciative, caused me to seem that I wasn't, you know, respectful of his expertise, his intuition, the discount. The guy even, not only did he sell me the car, six position the car, he did all the paperwork and finance to make me feel more, more comfortable. And I finally, after some time, went by the dealership to go thank him and I explained to him everything that I was going through and why it took so long for me to come pick the car up. And he said, I would have taught you how to do that. You should have just told me. And guess what? I knew better. If I had just told the mentor, if I had just told the, the person that was giving me the, the, the life uh, change that I was looking for, what specific problem I had, one, it was the cost of the car was more than I had spent in my life before. Two, I didn't know how to drive the car. Right? So after all of that, I recognized that I didn't celebrate that gentleman. So what did I do? I went to the dealership and I told him everything and I took him for a drive and scared him on how well I could drive the car. And after that, I started sending the gentleman every client I had. And now I've followed that gentleman for 10 years, excuse me, eight years. I've had my Lamborghini eight years. He's gone from Lamborghini to Rolls Royce to California to Maserati to Ferrari. And I follow up with him everywhere he is. Okay. And when I bought my Rolls Royce, guess what? I called him and he worked at a Rolls Royce dealership and he didn't have the car I wanted, but he taught me how to buy a Rolls Royce. So I'm so grateful for this guy. I'm so thankful. I celebrate him. But guess what? You will find hundreds of clients like this, like I was, that won't tell you the real problem they have with the situation. They got what they wanted. They got the deletions. They got the good service. It wasn't you. It was the bad relationship they were in. It was the divorce they were going through. It was their job they lost. It was the part-time schedule. They are so desperately looking to find the service and the results to fit their, their life to, for their desires, their change, their future imaginations, dreams, but they're fighting you as they're going through the process with you that they came to you to get you to service them for. You're wondering, why did you come to me and why are you fighting me? 
you'll tell a customer you know what they need on their credit how they need to manage their credit things to do and things not to do and they'll ask you those same questions over and over and over again as if they don't believe you and you're wondering you know i sent it to you in the email i sent it i I spoke it to you you know every time you show up i you ask me the same thing again and i keep telling you and you start to wonder well what is it well, it's not that there's something's wrong with the customer. The customer just doesn't feel extremely comfortable to the point where they can trust. And it's not you. It's not you because you've been in business. Excuse me. You've been in business 15 years. You've shown thousands of proof of results. But guess what? They don't want to let go their their anxiousness, their disbelief that you can help them, right? So you're wrestling with that and you're thinking, why are they not celebrating me? Okay, why are they not really, really dialed in on the results that they're getting? They're getting the paperwork every month. Why can't they be happy? It's because something in their lives, something in the process, this is probably more money they've ever spent. This is probably a situation they can't get their hopes up for because they've been taken advantage so many times by so many other companies, so many other people, personal tragedy. You know, they don't believe they deserve the results. Whatever the dynamic is, there's some kind of dynamic. But guess what? It's not you. It's not your service. Nine times out of 10, when you deliver better than any place, any business they've ever been to. It wasn't you. And the young man who sold me the Lamborghini thought that I disliked him. Thought that it had something to do with him thought that he had offended me somehow. And it wasn't him. It was me. So there's going to be times in your business where you're going to meet customers that you deliver value to. You over deliver more than they've gotten from any other business. And they don't celebrate you. They may even write a bad review about you. They may even file a complaint against you. But guess what? It wasn't you. Don't stay up at night thinking, what did I do wrong? Some people just don't know how to be grateful. Some people don't know how to process what they got was truly valuable, more value than they invested. But because they've been so used to only investing a certain amount of money for specific things. They don't know how to feel about it. And then if they do feel somewhat good about it, they'll feel they deserve more because they put more value on the actual investment than they put on the result. So they think I I should get more. Let me ask for more. Like some people, when they buy the, the, the most expensive car they've ever had, they'll pester the dealership salesman for mats. I want free mats. I want a free car cover. I want free car washes for six months. They want 
are Carfax. They want all these things because they're trying to make it make sense in their mind how much they're spending and they're trying to protect themselves when they're really, from a colored point of view, making the whole process harder than it had to be. So when I recognized that in myself, when I went to buy my Rolls Royce, I was calm. I let it flow. I signed the paperwork. I sat and waited for the car to get cleaned and to be delivered to me. I looked the salesman in his eyes and I thanked him and told him that it was because of him that I bought the car. Yes, it was my dream car, but the way he treated me, the way he serviced me. And I then told his manager and I told the service department when I went to get it serviced, how great the salesman was, how great the dealership was, how great the sales manager was. I expressed gratitude. And it seemed to open up a vortex of energy for everyone that saw me again. Not just because I was bringing a Rolls Royce in to do something, but because I was so grateful to the people. So think about some of the worst customers you've had who've misinterpreted your delivery of service, your value, and wonder, what did it? Was it me? Sometimes it could be the process. Sometimes it could be your business. Sometimes it could be you. But when it comes down to them getting what they paid for and you document that above average service, who can be bitter after that? What customer should be bitter when they were made better? Okay, so look at those things. I also um, have this have this thing where when I read a customer who wrote a bad review or a complaint, I don't attack them. I just reveal the service to them again and the results that they got. And I chronicle everything that happened. And you know what happens? It kind of shakes their their foundation and they start to wonder, wow, did I miss all of that? How did all that happen? And I didn't remember People that are going through financial struggles, their personality, their spirit is augmented by the challenges in their lives. And they sometimes look at everything from a slanted view and they don't see it. They miss a lot of details because of the stress and the anxiety. Know that. okay? don't expect everyone to celebrate you. okay? and sometimes being persecuted and tormented by customer makes you better. It's a free consultation on what you can do better in your business. So in the beginning, look at all the complaints as free consultations from clients about what your business can have or needs to be a better business. And when you continue to perfect your business and continue to hear your customers. All right. But you continue to offer the results and prove to them that the results they received are above average. Don't feel bad if they don't show you gratitude or if they don't celebrate you. Okay? And if they complain or write a bad review, don't feel bad for that. 
keep pressing because you're going to get you're going to get the crown. You're going to get your trophy. There's going to be customers like yourself, like me, who are going to show the gratitude. And I've seen that through so many customers delivering our staff food, clothing, uh, roses, uh, free gift cards. I mean, I've seen some of the most beautiful people show their gratitude. So take the good with the bad. If you're not celebrated today, you're only tolerated. Know that you may be celebrated in the near future in a way that blows your mind. All right. So take this. Go forth and be more prosperous this year than you were last year. And I enjoyed this podcast and I look forward to speaking with you on the next podcast.